Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Setting the Scene. My name is Michael. I will be the host of today's podcast. On the eighth episode in our second episode in the series Exploring Startups, we're joined today by our own founders of the very own pre-med scene. Today we will be discussing their startup initiative with the pre-med scene. Uh, but before we continue, would you guys like to give a quick introduction for yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Suhas Babu. I am a third year junior at Texas A&M University studying biology, business, public health, and uh, biomedical sciences. Cool. Hi, this is Sayak I'm a sophomore doing chemical engineering at Manipal Institute of Technology based in India. So I'd like to welcome you all. Hi, my name is Neha. I'm currently a junior at Texas A&M as well. Um, I study biomedical science and public health. Cool. So we definitely have quite a few talents on board. Um, so let's just get started. Um, first of all, I'm sure the first thing that any of us would be wondering when it comes to starting up an initiative is the timeline behind it. Uh, Suhas, can you take us through the timeline behind the development for the pre-med scene? Sure, Michael. So we started the pre-med scene in about late July, early uh, August of last year. And we've just um, hit a little bit over a little bit over one year, about close to one, getting closer to one and a half year in our land. So we originally uh, Nancy and I started as a blog, just to like just talk about stuff that we were interested in the whole healthcare environment atmosphere. But after that, we just decided that you know there's not much opportunity due to COVID nineteen, so we wanted to provide a diverse amount of opportunities for students that otherwise we weren't able to have opportunities during the pandemic. Definitely, it is definitely a great resource for everyone, um, and we've heard that for the past year. So past that, in terms of, you know, past just the development, what in the beginning fueled the initiative to start this whole project? You can go ahead, Sos, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there was a movie that Sai and I watched, particularly about Mark Zuckerberg starting Facebook, and then we talked about it with Sneha, and then we were like, why not start, I know that's very ambitious, but why not start our own little thing where we can, you know, make a difference in people and help others about it. Definitely. Um, and I guess to go along with that, I know that you're interested in the MD, MBA degrees to us, right? So carrying this forward, how do you think that this experience in over the past year, founding the pre-med scene, running the pre-med scene, leading it with um, interns, a team advisor, so many different programs from the virtual shouting program to the pre-health journal club, how do you think that will carry on later on to uh, your pursuit of a dual degree? Yeah, I mean, I know that um, it's pretty hard to get like experience, especially running a nonprofit and such at the undergrad level. Um, we have had a past uh, one of our speakers on our podcast. I know the last one did talk about her experience as a nonprofit startup, and we're happy to bring in other one experience. But I do feel like it's very beneficial to my education, not only just learning business and studying about it during the future, but also doing business at the same time as studying it while being an undergrad student that is studying business and actually able to participating business myself to our own nonprofit, like you said, meeting with interns, running it, making sure deadlines are met, and we're able to become productive as a company. Absolutely. And I know a similar case for you too, Sneha, you're um, hoping to pursue an MD, MPH degree, uh, although a bit different from the MD, MBA kind of style. How do you think that this will translate to your career going ahead? So I think for me, you know, public health isn't as related to the business aspect, but, you know, I do think I'll be more prepared as, um, like, I've had, sorry, I've had, like, experiences, like, um, 
speaking with people, I guess um, that's really what um, Definitely. So going forward from that, um, you, you kind of briefly outlined the development there, Suhas, of the pre-med scene. A pretty brief development for a year of progress, but um, it's definitely been a journey. When it comes to the hurdles that you went over, what did those look like and how did you overcome them? So some of the hurdles were probably trying to show people this new kind of idea that we had and getting people to get interested in it. Um, at the first, we were a little slow. Not many people knew about it. But once we got our word out there, we actually didn't have to do much marketing that first fall semester after COVID. We ourselves didn't have to do much marketing. It was mostly other people telling other people. And um, we even had a survey once we asked people after one of the virtual sharing sessions, you know, how did you find out about us? And just for us to know what we need to do better in. And a lot of them just put word of mouth and hearing from other people, which we were very um, impressed about. Definitely. Um, when it comes to, I think that these questions I'm, I'm going through kind of lead up to the general uh, overview of what was your learning curve throughout the whole process? I'll go through a few more details past this, but I think uh, now would be a good time to ask that question. Uh, um, learning curve really with any initiative, especially as big as this, whether it be um, a startup for pre-meds, a startup for really any purposes, there's always a learning to go, curve to go with that. And a lot of founders have so much success um, like you mentioned with Mark Zuckerberg, they have so much su success in the beginning and they are able to maintain that they're, they're, they're on that growth mindset that so many people talk about. Um, so for you, past just the hurdles, the development, going to the big picture, what was the learning curve like? I mean, none of, I mean, we have been in an organization before we've been involved in offices and stuff like that, but neither one of us do we really had experience running a nonprofit, especially now we're a team about like 22 people, I believe on our team. We've never had experience running one. We've just been involved in leadership of more smaller localized words. So there's a lot of hurdles in form of making sure deadlines were being enforced, making sure the quality of work we were putting is good, making sure we had a good reputable name that otherwise that we wouldn't be worried about in our previous kind of position. But now our name's on the line mm -hmm. as representing the pre in such a um, great capacity and uh, this led to a lot of adjusting. I think um, maybe for, for people who don't maybe know, um, I think it'd be interesting to discuss each of your roles within the pre-med scene. I know maybe within a company, when you have a group of co-founders, they might kind of split it up between someone who handles operations, someone who handles marketing, um, different kind of niches that each person has their skills uh, adjusted towards. So for you guys going through, you know, the line, Suas, what is your kind of niche for the company? So um, mine, I feel like it's very managerial. I feel like I have a very manager making sure things get done, making sure checking with the executive committee, the leadership team, our directors, and checking over everything to make sure it's good, and just making sure everything is moving straight forward and streamlined. My role is taking on more of a, from a more of being involved aspect to become a more administrative kind of role now, just making sure everyone else is doing good from my side. Cool. And then from Sai, what, what is your role in the, the whole grand scheme of the pre-med scene? Well, this organization is built on, built on teamwork. So there's not, not specifically like a job role for like each co-founder, but like we all work together. But my primary role is to like come up with ideas and reach out to the to co-founders and talk to them about it. And if it works out and we, we both do up the work with three people divide up the work and make sure it works out in the end so there's not a specific role for each person so it's a teamwork so we we carry on as a team 
very, very insightful point there. Uh, and then lastly, Sneha, would, would you like to add anything to that? Um, so I think I'm more on the technical side. I more deal with like the website. I um, try to make sure, you know, every every one of our pages is kind of professional, semi-professional so that, you know, when speakers look at it, they like to see, oh, like I want to I be on that page, you know? Um, it's just, I think it's a good thing to have like, a, like a professional looking page because um, it's it's an important aspect. So yeah. Yeah, to what Nea saying, um, the way our site looks and everything, the brand recognition, it's very important and critical. And it's something a lot of our speakers, very high level leaders in the healthcare environment have mentioned, even as a small, humble, um, not as small now, but still a pretty humble student organization run by students mostly. Mm -hmm. um, having such a professional, well-designed site that makes it very appealing to them. Absolutely. I mean, the marketing being done really attracts a lot of students. And I think we just hit 2,000 subscribers or, I mean, uh, followers on Instagram, right? Both. We've hit 2,000 subscribers. We're over 2,200 subscribers right now. And I think we're close to 2,500 followers on it. So. Yeah. So marketing does go a long way. And, you know, in terms of the, the whole development process, there's a certain point where people feel like, okay, now I've got it. It feels more of a, like a well-oiled machine, right? Um, things are going well and um, it's more like maintenance instead of developing more. For you, it seems like you guys have continually been on the pursuit of new programs, innovating more, um, which is great. I mean, it's carrying that growth mindset the whole way through. Was there a certain point though, where you felt like, okay, kind of I settled down and I have things maintained. It feels like a well-oiled machine instead of learning things on the go. What was that point for you, Suhas? Um, yeah, I mean, we um, there are times after we create a new program or such, we're like, okay, this is everything's going really smoothly. Let's not try to mess things up and like make sure everything's set on proper. But we are pretty ambitious people, to be honest. So we don't feel completely like settled and we don't like, like to sit there for a while, let things go. So we're always trying to create a new program, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we're not rushed and those programs are done efficiently and and uh, at a good quality while still being able to work on creating more opportunities. Absolutely. And when it comes to um, your different programs, I want to dive into a few of them. I know that obviously people listening in would obviously know about our podcast, Setting the Scene, um, but there's also a lot of various other types of programs you have offering. You have the virtual shouting program, which was one of the main ones in the very beginning, um, a blog, which was, like you mentioned, the original purpose behind the whole uh, the whole um, organization, then it branched off from there. There's also a medical newsletter, a pre-health journal club. Um, you have your own team advisor, a mentorship program. So there's really a lot going on. And um, could you take me through just one by one each of these programs for those who are not really familiar um, outside of the podcast and possibly virtual shadowing, for those who are not familiar of the other programs, could you take me through each one beginning with maybe the, the pre-health journal club? Yes, to us. Okay, so checking. Um, yeah, so we have virtual shadowing so once a week on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time. We have a um, usually a physician and a leader in their healthcare field and their specialty talk about their day-to-day -day life, their journey to medicine, and go over some case studies on the kind of stuff that they do. And then um, that's usually about an hour long on Wednesdays. We have our journal club which is led by Christina Weyer, who is a former healthcare consultant and educator. And she runs a journal club that we have here every semester. 
where students get a lot of get to get research opportunities, get to contribute to writing an article that gets um, posted on our site every month. And um, we have a podcast that you're always hearing right now, which is pretty self-explanatory. And we have a one-on-one -on -one mentoring program with Dr. Jonasag that's going on right now where Dr. Jonasag mentors, our team advisor, mentors around 10 students every semester. And that's our main programs right now. I know we have a lot going, else going on, like uh, Michael said, the blog is going on. And we're currently working on a couple other um, stuff going on in student work, um, like competitions and the consulting. And we have all those other stuff going on. As well as our general programs like that, we have our internship program where we have interns get to have roles in our organization, have a say and get to help contribute to the work we're doing. And then we also have our ambassador program where they gain marketing experience and volunteering experience and get to help promote the world of the premier team, the resources we're offering and um, all that kind of stuff. Along with that, I, we have our MCAT workshop collaboration where we're working with a partner on uh, different like MCAT workshop to help them get advice on the MCAT for free. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot of work, but it's going well. So moving to say, what is, um, like in the very beginning where you had the, the general structure kind of, you're trying to plan it out in terms of, we now have an executive um, uh, committee, we now have directors, we now have um, blog writers, content coordinator, um, so many positions, but in the very beginning when you were developing this, how did you approach the, the, the structure, the organization in the group? How did you approach the idea of making an executive committee? How do you approach the idea of leadership, distributing the roles? All of that is uh, quite a big bulk of the, the work, especially towards the beginning in terms of the organization. How did you approach that and what led to the success later on? Yeah, Sneasai and I had a lot of Zoom meetings, in-person meetings, trying to figure out how the structure, how to set it up. We had a lot of, um, you know, working on trying to figure it out. Spent a lot of time trying to figure out all the different stuff like that. But then uh, we were able to get a, a good framework done. And as every um, cycle goes on, we adjusted based on um, what we what needs to be in fit. Mm -hmm. And going to Sneha, the, the whole, the whole uh, program, the whole organization is kind of based around, kind of tackling, tackling along with that point, based around the idea of internships and people are able to go out, experience different roles um, and they're seamlessly led into these roles through um, kind of guided guided mentorship, and then they're able to continue it on from there. But in terms of the, the structure, some programs, for example, with shadowing or in general, just pre-med societies, they'll take on more of a volunteer kind of niche in terms of the organization. So what was the decision behind, I'm not sure if maybe there was a intended purpose behind specifically having interns versus volunteers, but for you, Sneha, what was the difference or was there a difference between that and why was that decision made for the better? So of we thought um, an intern position would be, you know, a better word for kind of like what we we're trying to accomplish rather than, you know, um, just as like as a namesake. Um, so like I feel like um, volunteer is kind of, I guess, volunteer you can volunteer probably for as long as you want, but you know, internship is more specified. You start, you learn, it's like more about the experience that you kind of want to have. And we felt that, you know, being on a team that is built to help other pre-health students around the globe, like nation, 
globally, you know, we thought an intern position would be more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's really shown with the whole team. It seems like, you know, we have a little more than 20 people on our team because everyone is so invested. Everyone is so um, tightly knit. It's a community, really. Uh, once you get to join in and, you know, take part in those roles, you really enjoy it after a while and it becomes um, really an enjoyable part of, uh, of kind of the, the pre-med life, if you will, um, as you go through it. So for example, I definitely love hosting and um, allowing to develop projects. It's a great, great uh, role and I'm thankful to have it. So um, having those interns versus, you know, kind of low time commitment volunteers, I think definitely makes a difference. Uh, moving forward to, you know, now that we have covered the general aspects, the programs within the, the organization, uh, the structure within it, a little about the development in the beginning, the initiative in the beginning, um, even with it being repurposed from a, a blog to now a multifaceted program. So going back over the past more than a year really now, are there any things that you would have changed, Suhas, in terms of the, the whether it be the structure, whether it be the programs included, maybe possible partnerships over the past year? Um, that's always things we could improve better. We can always find, you know, new streams for marketing. Um, we did a lot of research into what platforms to market to, and, and but there's always, you know, more out there. Um, our team has been pretty strong, you know, certain positions in the beginning, we realized, okay, we don't need as many people in this position, but we need more people in this certain position. So we made sure to adjust those for the upcoming cycle so that each person has a, a pretty valuable role without one person having too little work and one person having too much uh, burden of work. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, going to Sai, so in terms of the, I mean, looking forward um, in the future, the virtual shadowing kind of, I guess you could call it epidemic with so many programs kind of coming up all at once. It was, I think, August, September of 2020. Um, so many programs, not only the pre-med scene, but um, Web Shadowers is another one. E-shadowing with Dr. Gray is another one. Many of them came up all at once um, when it saw the need for a new resource, uh, we had the pandemic and there needed to be a new resource to pave the way and virtual shouting was um, what that was. And it was kind of a, I guess you could say, uh, aligned with the online uh, shift for, for our own courses in the same way, but for an extracurricular. So with that said, in the next five or 10 years, whether there is um, the pandemic continuing or not, hopefully not, but in the next five or 10 years, later along the line, how do you think pre-health oriented initiatives will, will continue going from here? Do you think it's gonna be mostly online, this shift and this kind of forced attempt to, to look at online initiatives? Will that further encourage people to continue um, like we have seen over the past year or more of the pandemic? Or do you think it's going to die down and go back to uh, initiatives that are normally in person? What are your thoughts on that side? I think, uh, to be honest, the pre-health industry or like pre-health pre-med students, I think before the COVID pandemic, there's like so much things that's not been unseen. Like there's so much that we didn't know about since after this COVID-19, we came up, we came across something like online format. So be that it was like a uh, shadowing or anything else, other programs. So I don't think it's going to die down for sure, but but I think it will just expand even more in online and in the online world and in real person, in person activities. So I think it's just opening another door for like for students to participate in like other than in person. So to, to answer your question, would it die down? I would say no, because the opportunities are endless. So I'm pretty sure people are going to find even more opportunities going ahead. 
be it online or in person. So we just got to keep it going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of tagging along with that, I think it speaks on to another question, um, an interesting one at that. What about in terms of you know your own journey, you've seen the whole way through uh, for more than the past year of being an online organization, uh, kind of in the e-learning industry, I guess we could say. So how is that further uh, expanded networking? I know that there are, in terms of our team, there's interns from Texas, New York, from the East to the West, to the Midwest sometimes with our team advisor. Um, we're really all across the country and it's allowed for an expansive networking system. If it was in person, how do you think the pre-med scene might've looked? Would it be the same? Uh, what programs might've been offered? What programs might have not been offered? What do you think the world would look like without the pre-med scene being online? That's, uh, that's, that's an actually a tough question to answer, but but I'll try my best to answer this question. So I don't think we would do it as any person organization because taking as the budgeting or anything else, I think it's going to be too expensive. And the main part of the pre-medicine organization is everything is free. So that's that's the most thing we're proud of, especially. So we have like a limited budget, but we are able to expand as much as possible through the online free networks. So seeing that like we are able to expand globally, like in, in online format, I would say this is the best option we have than actually doing it in person because in person would actually limit us like how much we could reach out to like in terms of networking as you said and then online you meet you reach like tons of people like across the internet so i don't think we would ever do it as in uh, in person organization like the fiscal establishment but we would continue as an like, online organization for sure mm-hmm. and i think we've talked quite a bit about the pre-med scene in general but talking specifically more to each one of you again kind of going down the line how has the pre-med scene, your role, your leadership, your initiative with the pre-med scene, how has that blended in to the rest of your academic and extracurriculars um, as you've kind of gone through this for, I guess, now it's going to be more than half of your undergraduate career. So going, starting from say, how is this uh, integrated into other extracurriculars, your academic life in terms of courses, um, you know, the work-life balance you've been able to maintain? How has it been for you in starting up this nonprofit? I think that, um, to be honest, like starting up the nonprofit actually helped me a lot in personal uh, windows. So I was able to like generate more skills to myself and like example, like a leadership program, like a communication happening. So I think all this like will help me out in the future or in the present as well, because like having a running an organization with like at least 23 people as a group, I'm pretty sure that takes a skill. So I'm proud of myself to like, you know, like increase my personal skills and all as well as help other people out as well. So in terms of extracurricular activities, I'm pretty sure leadership skills would be um, very much appreciated from any person. So, so yeah, the main thing that I would take away from this organization is that I'm able to communicate properly with other people and having the leadership um, role as well, because I was able to manage tasks and give out tasks and make sure everything is running smoothly. Definitely. And moving from there to the same question, Snaha, what is your, uh, what are your thoughts on that? So um, when we first created, you know, the organization, it, it seemed to be a lot of time. We had to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, you know, um, to make sure everything was streamlined. But, you know, now that we have a bigger team, we're able to um, allocate, you know, all the tasks to other people. And um, we, too, have less work on ourselves. and. Um, 
you know, they also have something to do. So, you know, it's more of like the time management kind of has gotten better, like, because in the beginning, it was kind of tough to manage. But, you know, as time goes, you like start to notice, like, we can do this better, and then we change it. And then, um, so yeah. Definitely. And then Suas, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like I was able to apply a lot of it to my own personal life. In fact, like Nan and I was talking about the organization and how it helped organization help cut better and able to take it to my personal life. It helped me a lot more with managing tasks and system, like the system that we use just in the organization itself to for a calendar or agenda, everything. I use the system now for my own day-to-day life to help streamline my other activities, my schoolwork and outside of um, school extracurriculars and my own personal tasks as well. And it taught me a lot about time management, like Naya said, um, definitely helped me like learn how to manage my tasks. I'm able to get a lot more done in the same amount of time just because I've learned through this organization how to more efficiently t- uh, take care of my time, like how we did when we were trying to set up the um, org. And I learned a lot of leadership skills, which I've been able to apply to my own um, Org that I'm in a and itself, I'm able to take the leadership um, attributes and put them to use. Mm-hmm. I just want to go through a kind of a quick fun game, I guess you could say, um, with each of you. So before the pre-med started, I want to ask two of things. First of all, before the pre-med scene started, what were your expectations for what you would, you know, where you would be five years ahead of time? So maybe that might be medical school, maybe um, that might be, I don't know, I guess it has to be medical school if, you know, with the, with the gap years depends. But um, maybe that might be medical school, maybe that might be still in being involved with possibly another startup, um, whatever it might be, where do you see yourself before the pre-med started? So I think it was back in August of 2020. And then up to this point, now in um, November 2021, how has that changed? Your view, your outlook five years ahead, possibly 10 years ahead. I know that's pretty hard to predict that kind of stuff from year to year, it does, definitely does change. I mean. How could we expect that the pre-med scene grow this grew this much um, in just one year? But just looking ahead from what you can expect, five years, how has it contrasted before you started the pre-med scene and after you started the pre-med scene? I think we can start with Suhas on that one. Um, yeah, so before the pre-med scene, I wanted to pursue an MD and go into medical school, like I still do. And I was interested in business and I was playing around with the idea of potentially doing an MD, MBA, a dual, integrated dual degree to finish it in five years. But um, when starting the pre-med thing, I got really more and more into business and interesting business, started getting involved in more business study outside the pre-med thing itself. And that made me really sure about the idea of pursuing an MD, MBA, which is what I'm um, pretty much wanting to do now. So, and uh, later on, I didn't know too much about what to do with the um, business side of it, how to apply for, um, with it. But the pre-med thing that got me really interested in the side of entrepreneurship and startup, like maybe creating like down the road, you know, like you said, 10 years down the road, it's hard to put it. Uh, maybe I could do be in medicine at the same time, maybe creating a startup, something that can help um, people make give more access to healthcare around the country, um, stuff like that. Some sort of like, you know, healthcare related startup or venture and got me more, a lot more interested in business. I was already interested in business, but it got me a lot even more interested. Yeah, sounds like an extension of what you, you were already interested in. So you're kind of acting on your interests at that point, which is a, a great thing to do when you have extracurriculars. It's really what I think medical schools want to see when you're able to act on your interests, act on your passions with extracurriculars. And then next, Sneha, what are your thoughts on, on how your view has changed before and after? 
So I think my interests were the same um, before and after, but um, I do think my interests grew and I got a little bit more interested in business because um, before I actually but now I'm kind of looking toward policy management um, in order so I can start my own um, you know, practice in like a rural area or something. Um, but um, I think I'm more knowledgeable now than I was, you know, in 2020, obviously, because um, I've gotten a lot more experiences and um, a lot more time to think about what I actually want to do. But um, so I think before I started the machine, I did want to be in, um, I think I was planning on being in med school by then. And now I um, am more confident about, you know, I guess getting into med school. So I guess I have a lot of growth since then. Definitely. I mean, the leadership behind this, um, it's leadership is a defining characteristic of doctors. So definitely makes sense how this kind of further, um, further strengthens that passion to contribute on the side of healthcare. And lastly, say, what are your thoughts on that too? Um, my goals haven't really changed to be honest, but I was planning on pursuing like MD neurosurgery, but that's still, that thing is still going on by now. So, but after doing the pre-med scene, I'm probably like slowly you know, having interest in doing probably like business analytics or like data analytics because data is like a, everything for the business side. So that's something that I'm, that's really piquing my interest right now for doing like a business side of things. So that's something that I would go with in the future, but we never know. We'll just the future decides. Each year decides or each year differs from one to the next. Uh, going off of that, I guess it's a good segue into, I, I don't want to you know choose favorites between one physician or one speaker and another, but after having gone through, I think it's over 30 shouting sessions so far, have you guys picked up on, for example, one session that really piqued your interest on a certain specialty? Um, say you want to go first on that one? So was there like, for example, uh, a shouting session with neurosurgery, like you mentioned, was there a certain one that really piqued your interest in terms of, you know, after seeing the case reports or things like that, what are your thoughts on that to us? Um, yeah, we've had a lot of interesting, we've got to hear from men and women of a non-thorgical and thorgical specialty, a lot of um, um, really cool um, specialty. I mean, one in particular that came to my mind is one that happened during the, um, the freeze storm in the Texas area, especially I know the Houston area, which is not used to it that much, which is where I was in the Houston Constitution area. We were still able to have a, this session go on with, with Dr. Thomas Calaya, the chairman of trauma surgery for University of Maryland and considered one of the top trauma surgeons in the country. Um, it was a very intriguing session that I got to watch later on when I did have an internet connection, but the rest of the intern took it very nicely and led that really great. And hearing from someone that high level and other high level speakers like him, which really interesting, you know, hearing about his work in trauma surgery and not only being a trauma surgeon, leading a large, one, the, the number one trauma surgical um, program in the country was very interesting to hear. Absolutely. I mean, those, those people who had years of experience, they really gained so many insights that, you know, you really find hard to pick up unless you reach those kind of 
um, positions, experiences, opportunities that they've had the opportunities to have. So it, it definitely is inspiring. Um, Sneha, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Any favorite, not necessarily say favorite speakers, but specialties that have kind of popped out after looking through these uh, shadowing sessions after around 30 or more so far? So um, actually, I was thinking about Amber Lee's, um, Lee's actually, um, but um, she was a reconstructive hand surgeon. And um, I think it stood out to me because she was doing pediatrics and, you know, doing all sorts of crazy um, surgeries where they, she like transplanted different body parts to help another body part. It kind of like stood out to me because I, I myself has, uh, have also had a hand surgery done when I was, you know, eight months. Um, so I think that kind of stood out to me because I also do want to do pediatrics, which she also specialized in, so, yeah. Yeah, the virtual, even just as a host, I mean, the virtual shouting program has been so cool um, with the various speakers we've been having from specialty to specialty. I mean, I really can't even count the number of specialties we've had so far. It seems like it, it's from left to right every single time. So it really is interesting. And then say lastly, with you, any virtual shadowing sessions, not necessarily a certain speaker, but just a certain specialty that really interested you after getting the chance to see that speaker um, uh, speak for us? I think the the speaker that piqued my interest was like Dr. Webb. Like, you know, I think it was my second speaker of the virtual shadowing session. He was like neurosurgeon. So uh, that thing, so that, that's the one that was like, I really piqued my interest on doing it, like the, the way he does stuff. So that's one of them I'm interested in. Yeah, throughout, it's really been a great opportunity and experience. Well, I think that really, I mean, covers anything, uh, covers everything. Um, we've kind of gone through the whole the whole rundown of the pre-med scene, what it is, the programs in it, uh, development, um, your guys, how you have kind of not necessarily changed, but gained new insights after going through this whole process of founding a whole organization, being co-founders, working together, working with a set of interns. It's really been a a great opportunity, I'm sure, for, for leadership ahead, and it's going to carry um, uh, dividends ahead. It's going to speak volumes to um, later on when you're, you know, medical students, residents, fellows, possibly, uh, and attendings later on. It's really going to uh, be extremely useful because, as we all probably know, being a doctor is, uh, in one way or another, whether you're in a trauma center, whether you're in a rural area, it's going to be centralized in one way or another over leadership. So it extremely is a great opportunity. You're working with the patients, you're working with the nurses. Um, there's so many people part of the team. So having that ability to uh, know um, how to network with a team, how to manage a team is always important. So for those who might be wondering, who are listening now, and from what they've heard, they've got a good sense of what the pre-med scene is, what it has to offer, your journey through it, how it has um, helped you, the hurdles you've gone through. With all of that said, for those who might be interested in making a nonprofit or in general, an organization for themselves, whether it be to do with pre-meds or not, in general, what other advice or what tips would you give them for those listening in who are inspired by your story? Um, yeah, with a, you know, if you um, have the ambition for it, you have the time for it and the drive, go for it. Um, big part of the connection, make sure you have a good stable group around, um, around you. You know, we were lucky that we had a, us to be, to help us starting um, starting it up and then, you know, reaching out to the right people like Dr. Jonathan and all that one, we got a leadership team settled in and got our interns and our first class going. It was, um, it was a lot of work, but 
if you were able to build connection, you know, to speak to people that had previous experience, like, you know, all four of us here on this call have had a um, lot of experience within the organization, you know, make this connection, find other people that have done it, reach out, you know, never hurt to be, say reached out, the worst thing they can say is no, and I'm sure everyone has heard, you know, sometimes you have to reach out to 40 people and then two will get back to, you know, that's just, that's the name of the game, you know, but um, yeah, I think building connections is very important and making sure it's something you're really passionate about um, and go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, determination is really the name of the game, just like you pointed out there. Any other tips of advice? Um, maybe just, especially in the beginning, it seems throughout, not only for you guys, but for so many others, the beginning is really the toughest time um, when, when trying to build up something like this, because you're going through uh, new obstacles, you're not used to it. So any other tips, pieces of advice that either Sneha or Say has? Um, yeah. You can go ahead, Sneha. So I would say, you know, like it ties in with the determination, but don't be scared for uh, failure, I guess. Because when we first started, I know when we bought the domain, we, we were considering, you know, um, getting like a refund because if we didn't have enough people interest, interested in our organization, you know, we were going to not not pay for the domain name, but, you know, we stuck with it because we were like, you know, why not give it a shot? Because it looks, first of all, it looks much better with the domain name. But, you know, we decided to stick with it, even though there wasn't many people that started with us. And now we're pretty big. And I think, I think we've impacted a lot of people, you know, so just keep pushing through and don't be scared to start something new. But yeah. Definitely insightful. Let's say. I think my, my tip that I would give it out is like what Snail said, like, yeah, I, I think coming out of the comfort zone is the most important thing that I learned from the organization. Um, it's going to help whether now or the future, you never know. So that's the one thing that I would take away from this organization, like for personally. So yeah, come out of your work comfort zone and it'll be good. And if I may add something, Michael, um, you know, something I heard from the other podcast uh, speakers that, um, that I found really impactful for my I didn't even hear about think about the idea before is um I heard how in you know we were all mostly pre-med kids pre-health kids and you know failing's always looked at bad you know you always because you know you need to pass a class or do well and um failing looked at bad but in business it's a completely different game you know the failing they just look at okay you have one it's another step towards the passing like you're failing this because you're gonna start another thing you're gonna fail this to start another thing and that's a view that pre-med kids don't really have that mentality in mind but uh, business had already employed the mentality and most people can don't know. So that's one part of mentality is very different and you have to keep that in mind. Like Nancy were talking about, you know, don't be afraid to fail. It's a very different environment. Definitely. I mean, there's a reason why business tycoons talk more about failure than success, you know? So it really speaks to their, uh, their progress. Um, but I think that really wraps up everything. I know that, I mean, I would usually ask now, would you like to add anything else in terms of socials, website, but uh, being the podcast for the pre-med scene, I think, you know, most of us would be familiar. Although, is there anything you guys like to throw out there, Suhas? Anything you'd like to throw out there for more resources? Maybe someone's not um, uh, aware of or new programs you're hoping to do in the future? Um, we have a research competition in the works. We have a consulting program in the works. Um, so we're looking forward to those. Those will be, I think, pretty exciting. Very interactive programs 
there's gonna be a lot of interacting between the members of our organization to get a chance to actually participate and interact. So that's something we're looking forward to showing y'all more details y'all will hear soon. That's all from my side. Yeah, we're looking towards moving. Um, we're looking to moving towards more interactive stuff for members, whereas rather um, rather like just watching, you know, a virtual shadowing session and then getting credit for it. We're trying to like, you know, have like one on ones, like speaking to each other, get getting advice, giving advice to them, stuff like that, so that they can, you know, start their own nonprofit start their own new things, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Say any last words? There's new stuff coming up soon, so I would just like to say, get ready and be in the looks. That's all I have. Yeah. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you all for taking some time to join us today. We always appreciate to have you here. Um, and for our audience, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Setting the Scene. We always are happy to have you here. Be sure to look out for our next episode coming soon, and we hope to have you there. Thank you, guys.